Hey, Julie. Welcome, everyone, to the Rise for Educators podcast. This is the podcast where we share research-based tools that relate to empowerment and all things education. Each week, we will discuss the RISE system, a model we created to make it easy to identify which self-care tools are the best for you. We will also talk about the ladder, a tool that connects the, the dots between your mind and your body. I'm Julie. And I'm Holly. We are instructional coaches and sister-in-laws who decided to take our conversations about these ideas out of the corner of our family gatherings and put them into a podcast. Welcome to episode 13. Our topics for today are the power of positive, choosing your thoughts, and a tool for empowered thinking. So welcome everyone. We're so glad you're here. Uh, my check-in this week is that, um, Holly, I was just kind of thinking, I did actually have a busy week. We went down to Alabama to pick up Ryan, who just mm-hmm. graduated from the University of Alabama and brought him home, has a job. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I was kind of nervous about that because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's already four of us here. Now there's going to be five yeah. and it's actually going really great. Like he's actually matured and, um, and working and busy and. Um, so that's actually going really well. That's so the that's, best. Just, like, uh, he has a job. That's the best. And he's yeah, matured. So, it's like, oh, you've arrived. <laughs> I know. I know. Almost right. Um, yeah. So I was just kind of feeling anxious about that. And that's been great. And then um, I just was thinking, okay, today's uh, the day we're taping is actually the last uh, day in June. And for some reason, I'm kind of glad that June's over. And I don't know why. Usually it's filled with camps. And this year it has not, we've not had any camps and which I've not really missed the camps, but I'm still glad to move to July because July always just feels like the heart of summer to me. And I feel like things are kind of starting to pick up a little bit, but they're picking up at a slower pace than I thought, you know, initially when we were, you know, all kind of shut in and, and life was, was, uh, you know, not as busy. I thought, oh my gosh, the stores, the rest, everything's going to open and people are going to flock, but I don't feel like people are doing that. And I find that so interesting. And one thing that's on my plate is to figure out where my youngest child is going to go to college. He'll be a senior in high school this year and he wants to play baseball. And so it's like, but prior COVID, I was all like, you know, we were emailing coaches and and setting up college visits and it was kind of a frenzy. And then all of a sudden, it just all shut down. And it was really a relief because you just can get crazy with those kind of things. And now it's like, okay, we're starting to contact coaches and, and set up some um, college visits, but it feels much more relaxed. I think oh. it's just like, yeah, it's like, I don't know, just because I think everyone's like slowly transitioning into life in a little bit of a different way. And it's just not what I thought. I thought people would just be like, you know, lined up to go to restaurants and service and they're not because, you know, a lot of people are afraid or, or, or a lot yeah. of people just, I'm, I don't know. I'm just sort of like enjoying the slower pace. So yeah, that's my, that's my check-in for the week. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I see the same thing. You know, it, it's like, there is some more activity for sure. Um, but I think it, people are definitely starting to trickle in. Like some people are all in and like, you know, I want to get right back into it. And then other people are really hesitant. So people all over the board, I have found myself a few times, just a few, um, kind of thinking like, Ooh, those, those few weeks when we were really, um, sheltering in place. And it was just the four of us, you know, just my family. There are some moments in there where all of the stress was taken away. And like, we really connected on just such a human level. And there are a few times that I thought like, Oh, I miss that. Oh, for sure. I know where I think we're gonna all be like referring to like, you know, COVID is like, you know, 
that just a totally little bubble in time that we probably won't ever get back. I mean, we hope we don't get that back, but right. Anyway, right. but the, there are some positives. Yeah. And you have a graduation too. We both have graduate, right. Right. Children. My, right. So uh, my youngest Kyla uh, graduated from high school officially, officially, officially yeah. <laughs> um, this week. It's been like the graduation that keeps giving, um, but she had her virtual graduation. Uh, so yeah, we just kept it small and had uh, our mother-in-law over and my mom over. And um, yeah, it was, it was nice, you know, but it's like, we've, I think in an effort to try to um, make up for, which we never really can, you know, all the things that these seniors have lost, um, we've tried to do a lot of different things on the way. So the consequences, when it got to this point, it was like, okay, <laughs> the graduation is officially done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but as part of that, um, you know, we were kind of going through some pictures that we've saved throughout the years as like kind of a walk down memory lane. And, um, you know, that always makes me nostalgic. And there were some old thoughts that I noticed that started kind of surfacing. Um, when my oldest went away last or three years ago, um, I was fine, fine, fine. And then about a month ahead of time, all of a sudden I hit this like, thought pattern of, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sad. I'm really going to miss her. Um, you know, and there's so much I need to talk to her about. And, um, and it's so funny because as I was going through these pictures, I'm like, oh, those are some old thoughts that are coming up. I'm going to miss her, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like, to... looking, I can't look at pictures. I it's don't hard. Like pictures it makes me too sad. <laughs> I know. Well, and Kyla's going to New Jersey for school. So like, yeah. that's really far away. So that's kind of adds into it. Um, and I think what I realized after my oldest went away is like, it's really normal to be sad. I mean, I think most moms when their kids go away to college are sad. Um, but I think I was definitely in a funk for a few months when Brenna went away. And I don't think it really served me or her. Um, so it's like, oh, maybe I'm older and wiser. I'm fine figuring out like, this is my pattern and I don't want to get stuck. Um, and so I want to kind of, yeah. you know, be proactive and think about it in a different way. Um, so Justin Sinceri, who we kind of fangirl, he's one, he has one of our favorite podcasts that was titled the Polyvagal podcast, but he just switched to stuck, not broken. Um, I love that title. I just saw that last night. I yeah. love that title. Like, yeah. like you're stuck on the ladder. Right. But you can move and you're not totally broken. Right. It's clever. Very right. clever. Right. I yeah. love it. Um, but he says, like, sometimes we get stuck, but we have the biological compulsion to seek safety. And your mm -hmm. inner thoughts are one thing that's available to you to help you make that change. Um, so what from there and after listening to this podcast, I was like, oh, yes, you know, I can choose my thoughts and I'm really excited for her. And that's really authentic, you know, and it was for my mm -hmm. older daughter, too. Um, but it just wasn't where I was spending my time, my thinking energy. So this time I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm going to spend my energy, uh, my thinking energy, thinking that, you know, I'm really excited. I'm going to feel the feels when the sadness comes, you know, and, because that is what it is, but I'm just not going to live in that place. And so, you know, right. I think that's that whole point of, you know, um, kind of looking for your patterns, noticing them and not getting stuck in them. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with like that becomes your kids become your identity. And when they go away, it's kind of scary because all of a sudden you feel like, well, then who am I if my kids go away? You know? Yeah. I, yeah. And, but then they boomerang back and that's what I've learned. I'm like, God, you're back already. <laughs> They're back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they leave. It's like Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. So I don't think I feel that way as much. Cause I'm like, I mean, now I've got Ryan, my oldest, you know, back like until he can afford to live on his own. So it's yeah. like, 
okay, yeah, but I think it's just like it's an I I think a lot of moms and dads we have just like some identity, like whatever you're used yeah. to doing and being, like all of a sudden, you know, you've raised this person for 18 years and now it's like, well, who am I? Yeah. Um but anyway, that leads us to uh, this episode, which we are talking about the I in our rise, which it, we are talking about an I tool, which supports our inner voice. And so, you know, in terms of um, being able to choose our own thoughts, that's choosing what is our inner voice telling us. Um, we've referred in an earlier episode to the happiness equation by Professor Sonia Libomirsky from the University of California. She says there is a 50-40-10 happiness equation. So 50%, I believe, is it your genes, Holly? Is that what that is? Like just like yeah. your genetic makeup? Right, right, right. And then, yeah, 40% is your inner thoughts. And 10% is your life circumstances. And that's kind of what today's episode is about, is how can we use uh, our inner voice to frame, um, to frame this? Yeah. And it's kind of just about picking thoughts that serve you. And that can make a huge difference in your happiness. Um, so today we're focusing on empowered thinking, why it's important, what it looks like, and how we can support ourselves and our students with a backwards design tool for empowered thinking. So when you're reviewing your day, where's your mind more likely to stick? Um, during the school year, is, are you thinking about the student in your class that behaves or that doesn't behave? If your boss gives you praise or criticism, which are you more likely to think about? If you have an interaction with a parent or a colleague that's collaborative or critical. So we tend to think, rethink, rehash negative events. It's just human nature. Yeah. And I think um, there's a Stanford psychologist named Laura Karstensen who talks about how we are definitely more likely to remember negative experiences than positive ones. And she calls that the negativity bias. And she says, it's just really a human, a piece of our humanity. That's as humans, that's what we do. And the question comes up, well, why do we do that? <laughs> you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like it serves us. So why would that be our inclination? Um, but she talks about how it's kind of part of our neuroception, which is our safety scan. Um, so we're mm -hmm. always scanning the environment to see if there's danger to help keep us safe. And that's kind of like at the base of our animal instincts. Um, but by having this negative lens, it kind of keeps us on our toes, um, looking for these dangerous situations so that we can stay safe. And mm -hmm. this awareness, I think, serves us really well in a few situations that are, are really like dangerous to us. Um, but what happens if you get stuck in a negative thinking pattern when there really isn't danger in the environment? And a lot of times we hear the advice that it's like, well, be positive. And it sounds like kind of soft advice, but how much mm -hmm. does it really matter? So on the brain level, negative thoughts put you into that fight, flight, or shutdown mode. Your body produces stress hormones when you're in fight, flight which serve you by helping you focus. They give you a boost of blood sugar to give you energy to be ready to move. But when you're stuck in this negative pattern for a long term, your body bakes in the cortisol with long-term elevations in blood sugar that can put us at risk for heart disease, diabetes, and weight gain. Yeah, and the prolonged negative thinking diminishes your brain's ability to think, reason, form memories. So it's essentially just as like a drain of all of your brain's mm -hmm. resources. Yeah. And studies show that when you're in stress, that your IQ actually goes down. And um, Holly, I was kind of talking about this episode with my friend, Laura, who's a social worker. 
And I was talking about my mom who was caretaking my dad and how they were kind of in this tizzy about trying to get his prescriptions. And it was, she was all kind of stressed out. My mom's not normally a stressed out person. And Laura kind of pointed this exact thing out. She's like, you know, when you're in stress, when you're in that fight flight, like your IQ, you're able to think and reason goes down. And it was like, okay, yeah, that's exactly what's happening to my mom. Like she's just in fight flight, trying to take care of my dad, trying to, you know, call the pharmacist, call the doctor, Mm -hmm. call the, you know, call the the feeding tube lady. And it's just, you can see her ability to think and to reason is going down. And so that just really kind of hit home with me. I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And we, I think we can all think about times where you're in a tizzy Mm -hmm. and you just, you're, you can't think because your body is just in that fight flight. And you're, like you said, like you're escaping, you know, you're trying to keep yourself safe, yeah. but it doesn't always serve you. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Like all your brain space is being taken up by looking for safety. And so you don't yeah. have, have the capacity to, to think and reason. Um, right. So then we think about like kids in our classroom when they are perpetually in fight flight because they're living in stressful environments and then they come to school and they're stressed that, you know, those are the kids that we have to get to safety to, so that they can learn. Yeah. That creating that sense of safety is huge. Um, my coaching team read uh, or is reading this culturally responsive teaching in the brain by Zaretta Hammond. Um, mm-hmm. She's awesome. Um, but she talks about that your amygdala releases cortisol, which is a stress hormone that's caused by negative thinking. And when it does that, that you stop thinking for 20 minutes. Hmm. So think about like kids in your class when an incident happens and they've been in fight or flight, like anything that happens for the next 20 minutes, maybe even more, you know, putting myself mm-hmm. in that situation, really, it, it's not consequential. It, it, there's, they're not getting anything that you're saying. Um, and that that right. cortisol stays in their body for three hours. So like, hmm. this is really interesting. That's crazy. I know. And I think when I think about the, three hours, I know. And when I think about that biological piece where like, their cortisol is up, their body's being flooded by blood sugar. Like, um, you know, that moment where you're in frustration and you're like, oh, like this kid isn't listening and you raise your voice or whatever, understanding that those are the biological effects that happen when a student doesn't feel like they're in safety. It just gives you pause to think, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, We've kind of talked about how it was interesting when we were looking up at the studies that support positive thinking or talk about positive versus negative thinking. Um, tons came up on these health consequences. And there was one study that really stuck out, especially in light of our current pandemic. And it was done by Carnegie Mellon. And they had people volunteer to be injected with a cold virus. It's like, oh, who, who raises their hand for that? Who does one? that? Is this like college kids? <laughs> well, that probably, are paid a lot right. of money? Yeah, like I would never do that. Yeah, I, would I know. I think that. it was um, like but, okay. $800 but, or I don't know what this study was. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah. Um, so they <laughs> surveyed the participants ahead of time to determine their thinking patterns. And they kind of categorized them with the positive or negative thinking pattern, patterns. And they mm-hmm. called it positive emotional styles and negative emotional styles, because your emotional style is closely related to your thinking pattern. So those with the positive emotional styles showed lower levels of stress hormones, and they were three times less likely to develop any symptoms. And Mm -hmm. if they did develop the symptoms, they were more likely to be less severe. Whereas the people that Mm -hmm. uh, were categorized under the negative emotional styles um, exhibited more symptoms and less resistance due to the higher levels of stress hormones. I believe that. Yeah. I have some friends that like, are just like, I don't get sick. I never get sick. They just have like 
um, one of my friends once said something like, well, don't you just like when you start not feeling well, you just like try to like, just like push it away with your positive thinking. And I was like, no, I don't normally do that. But I, so <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that's interesting. <laughs> so the power in being positive is that it keeps your stress home hormones down and at an appropriate level. And it allows you to live actually healthier and we could then probably live a happier life. Um, one thing we know about our thoughts is that they can etch pathways into our brains that are hard to change. Yeah, I'm reading that book, that Help for Billy book. I know I talked to you about it. It's awesome. It's really awesome. Like, that's a good buy if you're looking for a book to yeah. dive okay. in. Help for Billy. Yeah. Um, okay. But it talks about when a child's experienced trauma, like in this case, Billy in the book, um, they make such strong neural pathways of negative thinking, and these are just etched mm -hmm. in their brain. So if someone tells him he's done a great job at something, he might refute the compliment just because he believes he's not smart enough. It's all about his belief. He's not smart enough. He's mm -hmm. not good enough. He's not talented enough. So even though it's a thought pattern that doesn't serve him, he sticks with what he knows. And there's like almost a weird safety in that for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard that, like, I've heard like kids who are growing up in abusive households, like even if they have an opportunity sometimes to leave, they don't just because like, that's, what's comfortable for them. That's what they, it's like, what, you know, mm -hmm. is kind of always what you'll go back to because yeah, that's your mom. Um, so I think we all have a bit of Billy brain and it's hard to change our thought patterns, but if we do, they can really pay off. So let's talk about how can we change our thought patterns? Okay. So today um, we're going to share a tool with you that uh, we learned about through Brooke Steele's The Life Coach podcast. Um, I know we were talking about like, when did you come across Brooke? Because she's, she's got awesome stuff. Really, really great. Um, yeah, I love her. Yeah. I know. She's so like, I think I started list. I think I listened to her three or four years ago. I think she was one of the first podcasts that I listened to. And then I realized that she had this whole website and this whole life coaching school. And she's very direct and simple. And yeah, she's yeah. cool. Yeah. She simplifies everything. And when she says it, yeah. especially if you're like a people pleaser or like, you know, you get stuck in like feelings and emotions. Like for me, I binge listened to her when I first listened to her because I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot get enough of this. You know, it's really, really great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the base of her work is something called that she calls her model. Um, so you can kind of think of it like a flow chart. Uh, and it has four main components in the flow chart. Your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your actions, and your actions create your results. So it's kind of like a backward design model where you start by asking yourself, are, am I getting the results that I want? And if not, then she says, go all the way back to the beginning of the flow chart and examine your thoughts. Because if you're not getting the results you want, you don't have a good th thought pattern starting you out. So we thought we would like mm -hmm. walk, walk yeah. through an example of this, what that might look like. Okay. Okay. So here's our example. Here's our example. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what are the results uh, that you're getting in your life that you're not satisfied with? So I might say, okay, a result is I'm really not enjoying my summer. Yeah. And um, it, as an example, I actually am enjoying my summer, right. but just this is an example. <laughs> so, so if case, I said like my summer is really sucks, I'm not happy. I'm not enjoying my summer. Yeah. Yeah. Then what do I do? Okay. So in that case, she would say, all right, zip back to the thoughts at the beginning of the flow chart. 
All right. So what are you thinking about that's leading to this result? So I might be thinking, you know, I'm just dreading our whole situation in the fall, going back to school, all this wearing masks. I'm worried about people getting sick. And I just, I'm not, you know, just thinking that this is just going to be awful. Okay. So if that's your thought pattern, you know, people are going to have to wear masks. I might get sick. Other people might get sick. How are you likely feeling about those things? Because your thoughts always create your feelings. So then I'm feeling worried. Okay. So now if you're feeling worried, mm-hmm. how is that going to affect your actions? Um, I think I'll just feel kind of constricted. Maybe when I'm getting school emails about like summer PD sessions, I'm just not going to read them. I'm feeling unmotivated, shut down, just kind of not wanting to deal with it. Yeah. And then if you have those actions, how's that going to affect your result? So then it might cause me to just not enjoy my summer because I'm just kind of living in this dread. Okay. So backward design means it really comes back to your thinking. So changing your thought process will lead to a better result. So Mm -hmm. um, what would be a thought that would serve you? So I would say, instead of saying, thinking, you know, I'm really dreading going back and to school, I might say, you know, the school system is a good system. I work with good people and I know that things will be okay. Okay. So now if those are your thoughts, what feelings are you creating? Then I would be feeling hopeful. Yeah. And if you feel hopeful, how are you more likely to act? Um, I think I would kind of just give myself a break, maybe set some boundaries on emails, but just not be so worried or stressed out when I open them um, and just kind of be able to stop my negative spin cycle thinking about school would be like and just enjoy the present moment and enjoy summer. Yeah. And and then then that's your result that you'd feel better. Right. Yeah. That my result would be. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now an important part of her model, and I do think this is really important, is she says that your model is just about you. Um, So they're all about things that you can do and you can change. They're not about other people or outside events, outside circumstances. So in this case, what are the circumstances here that you couldn't control that would not go in your model? So I can't control going back to school. I can't control what school will look like, the rules or or wearing masks or how the days or are going to be organized or how the rooms might be organized differently. That's all out of my control. Circumstances out of my control. Yeah. Yeah. So it really all hinges on how you're thinking about what's happening. And that sets the rest of the pieces in the model in motion. Right. And I know a lot of times, like, because I love Brooke Castillo as well, her life coach school, she talks about a lot of times the circumstances are other people. Yeah. And what they're saying and doing, and you can't include them in your, um, in your model because you can't, those are circumstances. Other people are circumstances outside of your control. Yeah. And they have their own model. Like their, their thoughts right. and feelings and actions are in their own model and you don't have control of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So think of it this way. Um, there's a buffet of thoughts and they're all laid out on a table and you can pick any thought you want. If there are some that don't look appealing, skip them. If there are some you want to try to try out, go ahead. Yeah. So in an empowered thinking model, you always have the power and the free will to think anything that you want, regardless of your circumstances. And I think Mm -hmm. everyone experiences negative events in life and for sure, some more than others. Um, But it's been shown that humans with positive thinking patterns are more likely to be resilient and problem solvers, which ultimately leads to them being more successful and getting better results. 
So analyze the language that you use. Use I statements like I will or I am and avoid I'll try because that'll give you a loophole and it's not empowering language. Yeah. And I think other things to avoid would be phrases that imply like an obligation, like I'm obligated to do this or lack of freedom, like I have to or I really should. Um, When you do Mm -hmm. that, you're taking the power away from yourself. Um, Instead, you can use phrases like I get to or I have an opportunity to. And it might even change your feeling about the event ahead. So the tool for this week is based on Brooke Castillo's model and think of it like a flow chart. Your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your actions, your actions create your results. And remember, your circumstances are outside of the flow chart. So for example, one circumstance in my life is that my dad is really sick and waiting for a very serious operation. And um, I might be feeling like the result, if I go through the two models to my, for myself, uh, you know, one result I might be feeling is just feeling bad about not being able to fix my dad and, and get him into surgery quicker. Um, but those are circumstances I can't control. So if I'm feeling bad, I might be thinking, you know, COVID's made this all worse, that he can't get into surgery sooner and I should be doing something. Then I could be feeling helpless. And the actions that I would take is I might be reaching out, but really not able to change anything. And so that's kind of what leads me to the result of feeling bad. Yeah. So if I can use the model and to change uh, my thought patterns for a new result, I might change my thought to, I'm doing my best. There are no guarantees in life. I have a belief in a greater purpose and I know that we are not our bodies. And that might make me feel more content and accepting of the situation. Mm -hmm. And an action that I could take is I could enjoy my time with my dad and be open and intentional with our time together. And then a result from that is that I'm able to function and engage in life rather than living in anger and fear. Yeah. And I think like, that's such a good example. And that's a real situation. That's a real situation that I kind of toggled with, like kind of feeling mad. Yeah. Like, oh my God, he can't get in. Like he might not make it to surgery. And if he doesn't get in, he might die. And if because of COVID, but then there's the circumstance that I, I, you can't change everything in life. So that's a real, a real scenario. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it, it is such a tough situation that you guys are going through and, um, And I think that's, I think that it actually shows the power of the model though, because even something like a life or death situation, you can use this model for, and it doesn't change the circumstances, you know, it doesn't take away the hurt, but what it does do is put you in a frame of mind where, you know, you, you can choose how you think about it uh, and make it better serve you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, you know, as we were talking about this uh, earlier, you had mentioned, Julie, about, you know, a lot of times we blame other people for our feelings. And I think that happens Mm -hmm. a lot. Like he made me mad or she made me frustrated. Um, Or sometimes I think we blame other people for our actions. Like he always leaves his dirty clothes out. So I had to yell at him, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. But really, like you blame your actions on what other people do. And really, yeah, right. But really, yeah. that takes away your power. You know, mm-hmm. when you can say, like, I am 100% responsible for my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, and my results, it really puts you in a stronger place. Um, and so all of your feelings really are generated from your own thoughts, and you can choose those thoughts. 
Um, so I'm going to share not a current situation, but an authentic one from my past to kind of illustrate this. Um, so the situation was that there was an acquaintance that was really frustrated with me. And I hate when I'm in conflict with people. Um, so like my typical MO would be like, reach out, have a conversation, work through the issue. And that's what I did. You know, I texted her and said like, hey, you know, do you have a minute to talk? And um, she really didn't want anything to do with it. So I let it wait for a little bit and then reached out again in like a different manner, um, you know, a less direct manner. Like maybe I think I invited her to a group activity. And again, it was met with resistance. And I think it happened mm -hmm. one more time. Um, so I was thinking, oh, she's so frustrating. Like who wants to yeah. live with all this negative energy when we could just talk it out and it would probably be fine. Um, so it was causing me to get a result that I didn't want. You know, I was like having these spin cycle thoughts and, you know, kind of obsessing about it. And, you know, the result I was thinking that I wanted is that I wanted to resolve the conflict with her. But after, exam yeah. after examining my model, I realized like no one else's name should be in my model. So I kind of switched around and said, all right, my new result is I just want re resolution with this situation. Mm -hmm. um, I can't control how she thinks about me. I can't control how she feels or how she acts. That's all up to her and it's her model. So I move that outside of my model as a circumstance. And I try to write it like as factually as possible. And I really, when I'm, when I'm really struggling, I do this model and I definitely write it out. Um, because it helps me to kind of stick with it. So like I, I yeah, I was actually thinking that like writing when I started doing this, um, with Brooke Castile, she, she says for sure, write it out Yeah, because writing it out is much more powerful than just thinking it. Yeah. Not only the process of writing, but also having the, that visual component to kind of refer back yes. to. Yeah. Um, so what I was thinking is she doesn't want to resolve this conflict. Um, but my new thinking is about me. And since my new result is I want resolution with this situation, I can choose my thought. This conflict has a resolution. It's been resolved, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so when I say that to myself, now I'm at peace. I can say like, you know what? I'm at peace inside myself. Um, and that mm -hmm. causes my behavior to change because I don't have the spin cycle thinking or I'm not talking about it with my mom or my husband. Um, and my new result is like, everything's aligned, you know, I can let go of the situation, I feel better about it, and it's resolved. And that's true. Um, so empowered thinking means that you are 100% responsible for your own stuff. So you're responsible for picking your thoughts, your feelings, your actions and results that serve you. So like, in this case, it really was something that bothered me. Um, but it wasn't until I kind of really thought through, like, how am I thinking about this and what, what part is mine and what part is hers? And the model really helped mm -hmm. with that. Right. Um, so our challenge for the week is to try to use the backward design for thinking model to see if you can create and integrate thoughts that serve you into your life this week. Um, you can find the tool on our social media platforms. And as always, we believe our tools are most powerful when they're personalized. So make it your own. So this week is all about empowering yourself to change your thinking patterns and create thoughts that serve you. Let us know how this worked for us. You can contact us on email at riseforeducators at gmail. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Rise for Educators. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in and join us next Monday for our next episode of Rise for Educators. Have a great week. Okay, bye, Hal.